you wear a lot of different hats as an artist. You're an artist, you know, you create actual tangible art, and then you're an actor, you're a model, and you're also a business owner. So that's a lot of things, um, you know, to fulfill yourself in terms of creativity. So tell me a little bit about yourself, Alex, for our viewers here. Yeah, definitely. Sure. So I am a painter. I do mostly like abstract expressionism. So my art is mostly about feelings. That's why we're talking about mental health. And I'm also an activist, model, photographer, uh, creative director. So yeah, I do wear a lot of hats and everything falls under the umbrella of Tiny Little Alex. So basically just creative services, you know. But anyway, so I am definitely blessed and happy to be here. I'm based out of Brooklyn in New York, and I'm from D.C. So I, I really just like to create, to be honest with you. And that's, that's been a big challenge for me, becoming more of a digital creator than, like, creating content for campaigns, you know, or creating, like, like visual art, you know, it's been a challenge for me to, to bring everything online. And it's been a, it's been a big challenge for my mental health, too. Yeah, definitely. And even before COVID, like, all of these industries are kind of cutthroat. And you're yes. putting your heart into it. So how have you coped with your own mental health during COVID and everything? Um, I just try to stick to a routine. I know that sounds silly, but I try to stick to a routine and I really try to be kind to myself because like on a bad mental health day, like I have like really bad depression and anxiety. And I think after like a, like a whole decade of being depressed and anxious, I've like learned to cope by being like really high functioning. That's my like uncoping mechanism. But I try to keep a routine and try to be kind to myself when I'm feeling my worst. And I journal a lot. I journal a lot. I know a lot of people can't necessarily budget in traditional therapy and neither can I. So I do aromatherapy <laughs> a lot. I like aromatherapy diffusers. I also try to keep in touch with my friends. So a lot of people that struggle with mental health kind of go through that period of isolation. Like, even when I feel like, oh my gosh, so I can't, I don't want to call anybody, I just do it anyway. Like, I call my dad, I call my best friend, you know? Yeah, social support is definitely key, too, during these times. Um, so, the journaling, that's one you do yoga a lot. Tell me a little bit about that kind yeah. of practice. Yeah, I definitely do yoga a lot. I've been doing yoga for the past um, five years. I got into it because before I was going to the gym, like, in excess. And so I wanted something that was more for, like, my mind and body. And I'm also a Buddhist, so it plays a huge part in, like, my spirituality. But, yes, I've been doing yoga every day for a really, really long time. A lot of people are like, do you know I'm just an enthusiast? But, yeah, it really, well, it really great. helps me calm my mind and my, my breath, you know? Because I think I have anxiety a lot of times. I'm facing thoughts. Like, I have like eight to-do lists, you know, and like four planners, and there's so much going on. <clears throat> so yoga, I really look forward to it in the morning because it's the one time that I don't have to be attentive to, to my life and just be in the present moment, you know? Yeah, you're focusing on the yoga and the movement. About your yoga specifically is that it seems quite simple, like anyone could do it, and, you know, stretching and really being connected to that moment. So definitely keep keep going with that. And anyone, if you want to check out her page for future yoga, you should totally do that. Um, so tiny little Alex, what would you say to someone who's struggling? Or um, let's tie in that creative piece and measuring that as a professional. Because obviously you create a lot just 
from your soul and for fun. But how does it impact your mental health? Like, you know, chasing a dream and dealing with financial pressure on being an artist. It's definitely a lot. Say is that you cannot do anything in one day. And it's, it's really one thing at a time. And, you know, getting rid of the idea that things have to be a certain way, that things have to be perfect and just being consistent and keeping, keeping like little promises to yourself. Like, for example, today I'm going to create all day and then I'm going to do the uncomfortable process of doing social media marketing and then I'll have a smoothie, you know, or then I'll have like small intrinsic rewards, like momming yourself, you know, that's what I would say. Like really treat yourself like, you know, you're a parent. You know, parenting a child, yeah. you have to be gentle with yourself. Like, it's art to be like, we have a lot of pressure to perform. And then on the flip side of the coin, it's like, in times like COVID, everybody looks to us for entertainment, but yet, like, they don't consider us having, like, real pets. That's just a lot of pressure in general. So it's saying, like, don't beat yourself out about not getting certain jobs or not being where other artists are. Like, don't compare yourself to other people, you know? Yeah, it's not, it's not healthy. It only makes it so worse. Yeah, and social definitely doesn't help those comparisons. Through a routine and like adding that structure, I feel like that's definitely helpful. I know for me, kind of looking at the big picture, you know, there's lots of disappointments in this kind of industry, and you're putting yourself on the line. So dealing with that inner dialogue of like, you know, being mad at yourself or feeling like you could have done better, didn't do enough or whatever the case may be. Um, it's helped me know that we're growing and like in that feel good. And if, if one person can appreciate your art, I think that's, that's, you know, goes a long way. Yeah, definitely. I think it does. And I think you make a really valid point though. Like, it's always important to see your own trajectory and how far you've come and just remember that like even the artists that seem to be doing very, very well on social media, we only post what we want people to see, you know? And also yeah. in the same breath, like social media is a business tool, you know? And like I have connected with a lot of other models, artists, creators on social media and it's, it's been all positive, you know? I go to the pages, it makes me happy. I leave. <laughs> and I'm like, great. But at the end of the day, yeah, there's there's a lot of stuff going on with, like, political activism, like Black Lives Matter. It's hard. It's hard to watch it all every single day. So definitely yeah. take some time to disconnect is, is what I would really say. Yeah. So how do you disconnect beyond, you know, you said socially and then also the yoga and such? So connect is just completely turn off my phone and go out and sounding. And grounding is just process where you like take off your shoes put your feet on the ground and just sit there and feel it and breathe and listen to your breath um also i really like to draw again with the turning off my phone is crucial or like if you feel like you want to have music i'll play like classical music or music without lyrics in the background like i know a lot of people like lo-fi beats i'm really into lo-fi beats too so um <laughs> yeah it's great it's great background music but what i would say is turn on some lo-fi beats and i like to draw or just, you know, do an activity or create something that's not for profit. Yeah. Draw and sell my drawings. You know, it's something for me. It's creating something for yourself. And, like, don't show it to anybody, you know? Absolutely. Like, it doesn't always it have to be pressure. Me. 
Yeah, no, for sure. For people and like for the public, there's a lot of pressure on like aesthetically, instinctively, like are people gonna like this, you know? But when you create from for yourself, from the soul, it's just like whatever. I so enjoy making this, and it's like therapeutic, you know. Wow, yeah, it's definitely cathartic when you don't put pressure on it, which is something I have difficulty doing because I'm just like go 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 with my art or creating stuff, but. Um, I feel like that's really good advice. Just do it for you and just do it for the love of it. And it doesn't have to be for show every time. Exactly. So how can we support healthy? Sorry, I think it's actually really healthy to make art. If you're a person who creates for a living for only yourself and to not show it to anybody, because the, the thought that somebody when people look at your art, the first thing they want to do is tell you what you should have done or critique it. And it, it hurts so much because this art is for like bearing our soul. It's like, wow, you're like looking at my deep inner workings and saying like, well, you could have done this. You know what I mean? To not have that happen is wonderful. Yeah, no. And we need that comfort as well. I think something that stuck with me that my voice teacher said, she's like, not every song is a hit. Not every song is that, you know, moneymaker and beyond even singing, but just in general, it's like, sometimes you make something really great. Sometimes you make something okay. Sometimes you have writer's block or, you know, you can't create. Do you ever experience that? Oh my gosh, yes. And actually, I just went through a major, major creative block before I got really like, deep into painting uh, because just like I said, you know, mental health, it, it affects my ability to create sometimes. And like, I'm, I'm the kind of person who thrives in chaos. So like after a few months of COVID, I was okay, but I definitely experienced anything and like, like I wasn't able to connect with people that I, I usually co-create with on a day to day and like have these content days and, and meet up in person and have coffee and talk about collaborating. And so it was hard for me being so isolated in the house because I didn't want to like die of an infectious disease. So <laughs> one thing that helped me was I went out in and just started painting like in the middle of 14th street. And that that's what wow. really me out of I think it. I've and, seen uh, some of that. Cry, cry. Yeah, that's what really got me started with painting. And I would say one thing that really helps me shift my creative blocks is working with other artists with totally different styles than me because it opens my eyes to the possibility of me creating something totally new. And that inspires me. Yeah. And it just keeps going from that inspiration. Like that's the value of connecting with people and I'm glad that you're still doing that, that you're still connecting through social media and like we're connecting right now. Um, so I think now would be a good time too if you could touch on being a model and like what that was like, what that's like now and the impact on mental health. Definitely. Um, it was already pretty rocky bridge, mental health as a model before coronavirus, just because the pressure <laughs> of the modeling industry and like, the pressure to perform and be a working artist and also to compete with other working artists. And that alone is, is scary for models. And I think um, the industry has definitely changed a lot in the sense that we've realized that we don't have to always go to castings in person and we can do these things online. Um, I know a lot of people have been saying they have been trouble having trouble getting work, but from what I have noticed is that my friends who are doing really well on like TikTok and 
and social media, you know, and even their own like little websites and um, live streaming pages are are doing really well, like financially too. And um, so what it seems like is the industry is shifting in a way where everything is going to be done online. So a lot of like user generated content from home. And, um, and I think in a way it, I was sad about it at first because part of the joy for me of being model is going to the set, you know, and like, you know how it is. You're an actress, like you go there and it's Disney and it's magic, you know, just like the very first time yeah. you go on the set. But, uh, I think not having that was really depressing for me. And I like, I've really just been working on my social platforms. I, like I said, not being able to connect with people really put me in a weird space with my mental health. So I, I'm an overthinker. I don't know if anybody can relate to that, but I was alone with my thoughts. <laughs> Talking to my, like, my like, inner circle. So the conversation was always very deep, you know? So anyway, back to the point, um, the industry is definitely shifting in a way where we're totally moving everything online and I've even seen like CGI models, you know, but I would, I would say to like, anybody who's like a model in this day is that you definitely do want to work on your online presence, you know, connect with people. Online. You know, it's not all like negativity, bad news. And we are seeing that shift in a lot of different industries, but you could still be creative in this tech space, even though it seems like there's less actual human connection happening. It's still, you know, people outside of, you know, maybe their network typically work with because we're all home now. Um, so in terms of when you have creative blocks, how do you cope with those periods? Or if you have down periods with modeling, um, how do you get through that? Um, I work on my passion projects. So I usually always try to have one passion project going. And right now I'm working on um, in a directing and entertainment. <laughs> yeah, I know, a lot, a lot going on. And right now I'm working on developing a talent agency to like focus on creating opportunities and mainstream media for like people of color and I guess people who like live more alternative lifestyles like not necessarily LGBT you know I'm sorry LGBTQ people plus but people who just like have a lot of tattoos or just are not super cisgendered so um yeah just creating creating space that's really what I try to do when I have creative blocks I, I do a lot of yoga for creating space and I like to just put down what I'm doing. Like, for example, this painting behind me, I've been working on it for a month and I had a major creative block and I didn't do it for a few weeks. And I was like, the best thing to do when you have a block is to do something that you know you're going to be good at, that's easy for you, that you enjoy. You know, like, I love that. Uh, I had a major the art looks block, great behind you too. I'm going to make a collage. Yeah, I so feel like there's I that's mean, art itself. Yeah, definitely. It's it's hard going through creative blocks. Like I, I experience that really often. Like when coronavirus happened and modeling pretty much became obsolete, I hit like a four month creative block. And so like this painting called Manic, which is which is about like the highs and lows of like mental health and like experiencing these like deep, dark blocks of like inability to like trigger or do the dishes it's just like a life block and create and you can't like almost barely function you know just like eating ordering in especially with coronavirus it's, it's much easier to do that 
and then the gold and the lighter blue portions are like represent like the really high highs of like mania when you're creating at like a extremely fast level and you're producing like your best work yeah it always comes back and i think that the art that you put down sometimes someone just called me um but i think it looks like you have a masterpiece behind you and I a lot of your art so that despite having Go ahead. Sorry. It kind of cut you out can go time. ahead. Whatever you're saying. Sorry. The Wi-Fi. It's kind of loud out there. So, um, yeah. Sometimes people, I like the conversation, <laughs> so excuse me. But, yeah. Um, I was saying that, yeah, honestly, that's what keeps me motivated, too. It's like, uh, but despite all that, you know what I mean? I'm still here and I'm still creating. And I, I still, you know what really motivates me is that, like, one thing that helps me, like, as somebody who's been creating for a long time is that I like to mentor people because it keeps me on track. And I'm like, oh, my God, I can't, I can't disappoint them. You know what I mean? Because, like, they know I'm struggling. They see it. And I'm talking about it. So I need to let them know that, like, I'm going to get through this. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And as a mentor, too, like, that's not seen as much as it should be in this kind of industry because we do compete in different ways. But I think it's such a beautiful thing when artists – don't feel that competition or see the beauty in the collaboration space. So definitely keep going with that because a lot of people can benefit from your mentorship. Definitely. And I definitely have like really good mentors and like people that have like helped me out and helped me, I guess just market my art better and better connect with people and, you know, just become more eloquent when speaking about my art. But yeah, I would say that, people should keep creating despite everything and sometimes we have these blocks or struggle with mental health we build things out so much in our mind but the reality is just like take the pen to the paper you know because like some of the most beautiful art is made from a place of sadness and pain and like you know chaos so yeah definitely it helps us cope during those times and i find when there's more pressure i'm more focused and that kind of does help me um but thank you, Alex, again, for shedding light on so many things and for speaking just casually about these topics. I think it helps to normalize it and to normalize these discussions within the creative industries um, as well as on social media in general. So thank you again for being here. And uh, where can everyone reach you? Where can people who are watching this, where can they find you? You can find me on Instagram at tinylittlealex. Also, I have a website. It's tinylittlealexstudios.com if you want to check out more high-quality pictures of my art. And I post everything up there, new things every week. So check it out. Um, yeah, thank you so much for having me. It really has been lovely to be able to be in a place now where I can, like, comfortably, casually talk about my mental health. Um, but I appreciate you creating this platform as a positive way to to bridge this gap and have have artists and all people talk about their mental health because a lot of times people think it's very taboo and we should we should normalize it. Yeah, for sure. It helps break down the stigma and it's just like, you know, for people to see themselves in us or fellow creatives or just humans in general. Um, thank you for being so open and I'm proud of you for, you know, going on the internet 
talking about these personal things. It's like so funny. I'm like, do people notice that I'm like this messed up? Maybe I should just say something. <laughs> Not kidding, but um, I think that uh, it's important because I like to project this image of having it all together because I want people to know that I'm just like everybody else um, trying to figure it all out, you know? And it, like, it's true what they say that nobody knows what they're doing. So yeah, and definitely I love to help people connect with people more. Yeah. And um, yeah, I love to help people and connect with people more in terms of mental health because like with modeling and acting and um, you know, entertainment industry, it's like the top 1% most competitive industry in the world, you know? So that's what, yeah, that's what you're saying for people who don't really know, who don't like work in the industry that are watching this video. It's very, very, very competitive and people are like, we're gonna blacklist you, you know, it's crazy. So um, I think dealing with the pressure of, <laughs> dealing with the pressure of actually filling the shoes of just being in, and an industry that only employs like a one like a one percent. It's it's enough to make you feel like you need a therapist. So, and I think we yeah. should normalize therapy. A lot of people like need therapy, and their lives would have been better for themselves if they decided to seek it out. You know. Absolutely, you don't have to have something wrong with you to go see a therapist. Like everyone can benefit venting and working through decision making and just like self improvement through therapy, even if you don't have a diagnosable illness, but I'm glad that you mentioned that. And before you were saying about access to therapy, how it's expensive. And although there's online alternatives, um, I think that that's something to speak on too. what do you think about people having access in the creative industry that are struggling actors or, you know, trying to even pay rent in New York City? <laughs> yeah, guy, I know that struggle. Um, I would say that you can, then this is a valuable resource. You can, if you make, um, I believe, under $10,000 a year, you can go through the state and get free insurance through Medicaid, and you will be able to get therapy through that. So you can do that. Um, it's it's either free or a very, very, very minimal low pay. Like, I'm talking under $100. So there is that. Also, a lot of therapists now, because of COVID, that have, like, higher social followings, like on TikTok and, so, and, uh, and Instagram, are offering free therapy. So you can go on wow. Instagram and type in like hashtag, you know, free therapist, free licensed therapist, you know, just, you know, to make sure. License, keyword license. But uh, yeah, they're doing like free 10 minute sessions and it's kind of nice in a way to receive that information through social media on Instagram or TikTok in a fun like skit oriented kind of way as a creative person who hasn't gone to therapy in a long time because it's like, okay, wow, this is fun. Like, I'm enjoying this. I can laugh. I don't feel like the pressure is off now, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I would say... And some content. Hmm? There's so much out there now, like, between TikTok, like, and it's fun to watch and engage with more than ever before, which is good because it's also, you know, spreading awareness. Yeah, definitely. And I think TikTok is... It's something I suddenly want to talk about. It's something I recently got into, and it's been cool. Like, I haven't, like, really made a TikTok. I made my first one the other day, but, like, okay, I'm mixed now, and, like, Gen Z people are, like, really into TikTok, and I'm like, 
I have made some friends that are like younger and they're like, what's, what's the highest deal? What is this? They're like, yeah, we're making a lot of money on TikTok. And I'm like, oh, money say, well, let me get involved, you know? Because at first I was like, I don't want to be like, you know, like, yeah. Thing, but no, they're actually making really yeah, cool content and they're making skits, which I think is really dope. Yeah. Like instead of a lot of like Gen Z people are, instead of making these like weird dance TikToks, they're making skits like 30 seconds glimpse into somebody's life or into a story and they like dress up they do makeup like they have full content days and I, I think it's cool it's like the same thing that people do on instagram you know at first about tiktok i was like ah, just people in their little dances because all throughout um the first few months of quarantine that was all i was seeing but i think people are now are like elevating it because they're seeing that like it's an international platform you know yeah, and you can tell a lot of different stories and messages. I follow a lot of therapists who like simply point around and like give out really valuable I love information. Guys. I know. They're I'm like, like can you talk to me? And I'm like, that's not good. <laughs> yeah. No, I love those. I love those. There's this one lady with really nice bangs and red lipstick, but I forget her name. But uh, I mean, yeah, I'm terrible with that kind of stuff. Maybe I should make a list, but I know what you're talking about. Because they yeah, keep on my Instagram. I don't even get on TikTok, but I see them on my Instagram Explore page, and I'm like. Yeah, I see it, too. And now there's the reels. I'm like, I need to, like, make more content like this, but also scared to have another app that I'm going to waste time on. So it's like, I haven't gotten TikTok yet, but. I just downloaded three apps that I, I don't know. Like, I don't know what's going on. But, uh, yeah, no, I understand what you're saying. And I think it's interesting to, to talk to you about it because we're like in the same age bracket and because we have like similar experiences. So I feel like when I was younger, I always used to think like, oh man, people are so old when they're stuck in their ways. And I'm like, wow, this is me being stuck in my ways. Like I don't want another app. You know what I mean? And that's how I feel too. Like I don't want it. I don't want to have to deal with this, you know, because I'm already so yeah. sensory overload, like mental health wise from having Instagram and like 28 unanswered messages from brand ambassador <laughs> jobs that are, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know about and um I feel that swipe past and just just like everything I have like seven or eight subscriptions like I don't even get on so I totally do get it but I think it's important for us to like try yeah you know find easier ways to do it because like I find I met the other day she's like a bit younger than me but you know like totally inspired me to get on TikTok because she was like yeah let's have a skit day let's have a day where we make content and I'm like, you know, that's actually really smart because I don't have to be on the app the entire week. I don't have to do this every single day. Yeah, but like allotting time for it. Yes, exactly. And I, that's what I've seen with a lot of people who do really well on social media. And um, I see them setting boundaries. And that's something I didn't really speech, um, touch on before. But for mental health, it's so important that we set boundaries. Like the other social day, media. I was in the car with... Yeah, the other day I was in the car with my friend and he was just like venting his life out to me and asking me constantly about like how to make content for influence work. And I was like, I am depressed <laughs> and I hit my social barometer and I just can't take anymore. And he was like, but, and I was like, but I said, no, like, you know, it's uncomfortable to set boundaries sometimes, but it felt so good walking away from that, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Like, no one can tell you what you need to do or have to do. Like, people can suggest things. And, like, we posted something about that today about, you know, saying no and exercising that because 
when you don't say no to something or when you don't set that boundary yeah. and then that lines cross, then you feel uncomfortable and uneasy and eventually be like, but I didn't even want to come here. I need to go home or whatever the situation might be. So it's always just better to set those boundaries and to say no when you feel like that's what you want to do. Dude, definitely. And I think that, like, as somebody who, like, struggles with, like, depression, I don't have a lot of, like, space in there for things that I like, like, being a lot of, like, wearing all these different hats. It's, like, think of them as desk drawers in my desk in my mental office, you know? And every time somebody new or something new comes into my life, it's another drawer. And I can't keep making additions on and hammering on more things. Because I'm not going to be able to, like, to sustain that, you know? And I think that, like, people oftentimes get offended by your boundaries or feel like, why can't they just do this for me and validate me? Right. And at the end of the day, it's like, we need to be more respectful of the fact that a lot of people are really struggling and they just don't talk about it, you know? And they're just trying to get through the day. Yeah. So when you... When a person keeps, I guess this is a good conversation. What to do when a person keeps pushing your boundaries? Be like, hey, I told you this was a boundary. If you're not comfortable with that, I don't know if it's going to work. Like our friendship, relationship, whatever, whomever it is to you. And red flag if they get upset. Like the only positive reaction and the only way that you can like move forward with somebody if they keep testing your boundaries is, the, is for them to be apologetic or at least, like, oh, I didn't realize that, and, like, I'm not going to, like, do it again, like, my dad, you know? You might even have to, like, explain to them, like, why it's a problem for you. But as somebody who, like, finally got to the point where I'm getting better with boundaries, um, I would say that, like, having to explain your boundaries is is not a negative thing, you know? If somebody bothers to ask why you have this boundary, it means they care about it about you and your boundaries and what's upsetting at you, you know? But I think if you're in a situation where somebody crosses the line with you and your boundaries and they're like, they don't seem to care or they don't seem to like recognize why it's a problem for you, you've got to leave the situation. Yeah. And don't let them like manipulate you into thinking that you're the one that's like, like we have an absolute right to do whatever we want, whenever we want and certainly spend our you know, if I understand that, I think that's really important to say because we all are influenced. Well, what if someone thinks this or that? Um, and the best thing is to communicate about our boundaries. Right. And I feel like as women, we have idea, I guess, put so much pressure on us to be empathetic, to be there for people constantly making space. And as a woman who loves to say no, people are like, you're a bitch, you're a cunt, you know, you're this, that, and the third, and it's like, but am I, though? Or are you just trying to take from me and I'm not allowed, you know? Right. Exactly. <laughs> and when, but when we communicate our boundaries, we can kind of protect ourselves from being in situations that we don't want to be in. Um, and, you know, if anyone doesn't respect your boundary, then that's not someone you want to be around anyways, and it will probably go wrong down, down the line somewhere. At some um, point. Yeah, it's not good news. So I think some of the things that you've even said earlier in this hour about, you know, setting good vibes, surrounding yourself with good people, that social support 
Um, and then your self-care as well. And boundaries can be a key component of self-care. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And I think that, like, to touch more on social support, it's not just surrounding yourself for pe with people who are, like, cheering for you, but it's really surrounding yourself with people who are going to, like, hold you accountable in your own career. You know, you're like, hey, I want to, like, get better at Instagram or get better at posting every day. And what if, what, how would you react if your friend was like, did you post today? You know, having people like that in your life is like really positive because in, in terms of like a mental health struggle, somebody who struggles with mental health doesn't really have a problem disappointing themselves. But when you disappoint a friend or a fellow colleague, it's monumentous in your mind, you know? Yeah, and that so can help people. <laughs> huh? So yeah, so having people who just keep you accountable and hold you to your bound, hold you to your, um, your standards and the things you said you're going to do. Yeah. Good. That's what good friends are for too. You know what I mean? To push each other and especially fellow creatives, you know, if in this space, in the entertainment business, petitions, find the people who aren't competing with you, who aren't threatened, who, you know, show support and show love the same way that you would to them. I think that's really important too. You know, I feel like as a human being, and especially like as a model, like I constantly have this thing that's running in my head where I'm like comparing myself to person, comparing my clients to theirs, comparing my achievements to theirs. And like, you know, it's just so exhausting. And I've started doing this thing where I've just been like, you know what, I'm just going to support them. I'm just going to be like their biggest fan. I'm just going to be so supportive and so like loving towards them that they're going to have to be my fan. Right, <laughs> and I'm gonna have to become like them, right? Because I want to be like them so bad. Because I'm comparing myself to them, right? Yeah, when that envy you know slips in, like use it as envy a motivator. It's not a good feeling. Also, yeah, flipping I think that envy and... is like one of my big motivators. Yeah, flipping that and like creating a good connection with somebody that's that has a similar network to you. You know what I mean? You're only really yeah. comparing yourself to somebody because you see something in them that you want to be like, you know? And That's why not so learn true. exactly how they do everything and become them? You know? I'm just kidding. But yeah, <laughs> for sure. You want to be people who are them, better. You, know? you want to be chasing those people and learn how they Around did it. Like, like how did you get here? Too. It's so funny and like sometimes I like really envy other models. Like there's this girl who's like younger than me, like pretty much like I would say just as successful as me and like keep making money than me. I'm like, how is she doing it? Like, what's her secret? You know? And I met her the other day and she was like, I've been dying to meet you. And I was like, wow, it feels good to hear that. You know what I mean? Like you're checking for me too. Like I'm valid in your life, you know? And yeah. now we're friends. So and the grass isn't friends. always greener. It is. The grass is always greener, you know, and it's like we're all just human beings. So let's remember to be kind to each other because the person that you're comparing yourself to or envious of might be sharing your same struggles, you know. Yeah, for sure. Well, people like you help, you know, bring people together and create beautiful art at the same time. So thank you again, Alex, for being here. And yeah, again, everyone can find tiny little Alex, her handle. And what was that website again? Oh, it's tinylittlealex.com.
underscore studios.com. Awesome. So check her right. out. Guys. Awesome. Thank you, Alex, again. Yes, Thank you. Have you a good too. Night. You're so awesome.